of being different or thinking different. Um, I try and take everyone's ideals, common morals, flip them around, make people look at them differently, question them so that uh, you're not always taking things for granted. All right, noble. But why the bizarre get-up? I mean, why the eye? Why the nail polish? Why the Satan stuff? You're a minister in the Church of Satan, right? No, not necessarily. That, well, was, I mean, that was that was something uh, earlier. I, no, no, no. It was a friend of mine uh, who is now dead, who was uh, a philosopher that I thought that I learned a lot from, um, and that was uh, a title that I was given. So a lot of people made a lot out yeah, of it. Yeah, but I mean, look, if you're a reverend, it's not in a real church job. Satan. I didn't get paid for it. <laughs> but why? If you want to get those kids, those lonely right. kids, and you want them to be able to be creative mm -hmm. and burst out of that. Why the bizarre presentation, which can be misinterpreted? I think everybody's got a presentation. Everybody looks a certain way because they want to convey a certain image. You look a certain way because you want people to listen to you in a certain way. Are you uh, an exhibitionist? I'm kind of shy, and I think that I take that out by performing in front of a lot of people. That's how I get out my shyness. So but you've some done place. some pretty bizarre things on stage. I mean, they tell me that you uh, engaged in a sex act with another man and in a stage in Miami. Is that true? To a certain degree. To a certain degree. It wasn't uh, so much a, a formal sex act. No one was aroused. <laughs> well, why did you do that? Why would you do Somebody that? ran on stage and pulled down their pants, so rather than let them uh, make a laugh out of me, I, I grabbed them and, and tr turned the joke around on them. My parents were in the audience. and Your parents were in the audience? And. Uh, I introduced my, my father to the gentleman that came on stage. So if my father approved of it, I don't see it to be that shocking. But it was shocking. It was entertaining to me. To you? To me. But if kids saw that, if they saw you simulating or actually doing whatever happened, a sex act with another man, maybe they would go out and do it too. Well, I can't be blamed for, for something like that. You have to blame Richard Simmons and... and uh, Liberace and people like that. I don't encourage people to choose any sort of sexuality, but um, I, I think I just try and entertain people. That, that's an odd example because it was a rare occasion. Someone ran up on stage and took off their clothes. It's not something that I would normally do, but Did I you, thought it was it was funny to me at the time. <laughs> you have a stand on uh, on uh, sex. Um, do you encourage kids to have sex? No, I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I do have a lot of sexual imagery in my performance, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's uh, ever encouraging anyone to have sex. I think I just show my own sexuality, but I don't think I've ever really written about having sex or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I, I think that's, a, again, another thing that parents should be deciding. Okay, but remember now, a lot of kids don't have parents that really sure, care about sure. them. And those kids tend to gravitate to people sure. like you who if they some see. Kid, if a kid asked me, should I have sex, I'd say, how old are you? And I'd say, well, I lost my virginity when I was 16. So there's my inspiration to you. All right. And uh, I would have tried sooner, but I just couldn't find any girls that liked me. You're a pretty well-spoken guy, yet in your records you use a lot of F-word, a lot of swearing, and this and that. Again, is it necessary to get your message across to use that kind of language? Is it you use the sexual imagery, you use the shocking um, um, physical appearance, you've done some bizarre things on stage, and you use um, profanity. All that necessary? Sometimes. I think sometimes when you're making a point, I don't think that my lyrics are uh, overlaced with profanity because I myself don't speak 
using a lot of profanity in normal conversation. But I think when you're making something aggressive and you need to get a point across, if you're angry, sometimes profanity is necessary. It's better to use a curse word than to hurt somebody else, I find. You can take some of your lyrics as, you know, you'll understand when I'm dead. I mean, disturbed kids could take the lyrics and say, you know, when I'm dead, everybody's going to know me. Well, I think that's a very bad Back this podcast is kept for one fall. One fall with a 60 minute time limit. I'm gonna have a black corner at a combined weight of 60, 666 pounds. Recording to you from Agrestic. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is Bobby. Wreck them all and go home, B. And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the Wrestle Apocalypse. It is upon us. And here we are again, back in the studio. We have a lot to cover. We're going to condense it and consolidate it, so it's not going to take two hours of your time that you're not going to listen to anyway. Yes, but for those that you did, you knew that last week was brilliant. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, but we're going to come out. We're talking about, you know, the huge. We're talking about Wrestling in America. Yep. We're talking about WWE, but before we get into that, there was a pay-per-view there that was we a do have to talk about. We have to talk about the pay-per-view, and we have to just get this out of our chest and get this out of the way. We're covering All Out, which is the AEW, that is their pay-per-view, that is their kind of WrestleMania, so to speak. And to be completely honest with you, it was not that good, Bobby. No, I think I titled it Botch City USA, hey, at the Daily Center, Daily's Place. It's just like we seem from we're back. Look at AEW. Come October, what? October is going to be a year in their year in review, and there's still the pitfalls that were kind of harping them that we were talking about. The match placing wasn't very good. Like I mean, when you have to open up a pay per view, regardless of the pandemic, it's got to open up hot, and they opened it up with that cinematic um, match with uh, Britt Baker and. Big swole. And it's like that's not a match to open the thing up. No. They gave that a lot of like they gave it a lot of like premise, but don't open it. You can't open it up with that. And then the thing is on top of that, every match was way too long. Way too many false finishes. It just felt like I was watching one big spot fest. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Cody, they are great in the ring, but as of right now, they can't book for a shit. Bobby um, am I saying anything that's out of line here? No, no, I think you're right. And I think like some of the points you also bring up, it's like they've got a deep roster. And like, as we're going to talk about, it keeps getting deeper. They keep getting really good talent from people getting released or free agents. Um, but it's not really solidified yet. And it's like, in a way, they need to kind of there needs look to at be, the you, WWE model. You say and what you're right and what you said. And same thing is like, there needs to be a pecking order. You know what I mean? This is like, it's. it just seems like that it's the elite and their friends. And it's just like all these other guys and then the ex-WWE guys. And the thing is like a lot of people are getting, so you're picking up these WWE guys and then you're, everyone else is getting lost in the shuffle because I remember 
what Cody Rhodes said is they're going to be building people up, but you can't do that when every single one of your title holders are ex-WWE guys. I'm not saying they're bad dudes. I'm not saying they're bad, but it's just like you're saying you want to build up your farm system, then let's do that. And it, it's not happening. And the thing is, it's like... Well, it's not even like building up guys, too. It's And it's not even just the WWE. It's like you have a lot of legitimately established wrestling superstars and geniuses. Yes. We're talking about the Lucha Bros. We're yeah. talking about, you know... The five-star o- five match. Yeah, Kenny you know. Omega. It's like Penta and Phoenix and Omega are superstars everywhere else. And they're just other dudes. And it's Dude, like... Dude, proud and powerful yeah, is like a joke. They're, when they're, they're yeah. all, Like, look what they've done yeah. previously. Amazing. And the thing is, it's like, yes, you know what I mean? The wrestling marks know who these guys are. But if you're putting it on the platform like this, a lot of people don't know who these guys are. A lot of people... Like, Chris Jericho is barely moving the needle. And he's, he's Le Champion. But the thing is... They don't know. So the thing is, if you're just booking it like an indie show, how are people supposed to get behind this stuff? And I'm just saying, it's like a lot of the shit they're booking and like people like come up to me is like, oh, dude, like you're just an AEW mark. I was like, no, I'm calling it down the middle because they're like some of the shit is like going WWE way. As like I'll, the same shit I wreck WWE for, I'm going to wreck AEW for because it's kind of going like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and it just it just showed it all out. You know, there was some really like there's a lot of holes. Yeah, a lot of holes, and just some unfortunate events that are part of wrestling, like Matt Seidel making his AEW debut. Yeah. Uh, somebody who we've seen do many, many shooting star, shooting star presses. presses. It's a it's a move that is in his repertoire. Yeah. But guess what? People slip. Yeah, because this shit ain't that, fake, that, guys. It's not his it's fault. Not fake. Yeah. And so they, you know, it had a scary moment both on TV and. Uh, there were there are fans at AEW stuff now, so yes. that also that was a nice nice change. But right. when you see that, it just it, it kills the momentum. And uh, like Xander was telling you, talk about when Matt Hardy hit his head, like that, like really is a big speed bump that's hard to get over, especially in especially a world. what we know about CTE and concussions now. And it's like, what the hell was happening? It's just like Helen Keller could have seen that that match needed to be stopped. I know I say that as a joke a lot, but it's true when I say it. it's like. Man, and like you have people going, oh, well, Matt Hardy told the doctor that he could go. Of course he's going to tell the doctor he can go. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're the doctor to be like, hey, stop this shit and then go get the x-ray. The, the, it's right. like, it's this guy's livelihood. And it's just like, I don't agree with his wife when she spouts on Twitter much, but she, I agree with her here. This is his livelihood. He's got kids. Right. You it's, know, and it's. They're like, fine with money anyway. It's, yes. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's like, this is his life. This is his well-being. Right. And it, and it, and to be honest with you, it killed the whole momentum of the pay-per-view, to be yeah. honest. And that's part of the thing, though. It's like when you're relying on all these big spots to kind of anchor your show right. and take you from match to match to match, like, you're going to have more of these. And it's just unfortunate they had two of them, big, bad ones. And what I'm really t- scary like ones. But Matt Hardy also got opened up the hard way yeah. earlier. Yeah. And then you let, like, AEW's had a lot of these type of, a lot of hard way, incidents, yeah. you know? And what I'm saying, though, too, is it's like, there's a difference between their booking, and I know I bag on WWE a lot, but like the thing is also too, I call it down the middle. Is it's like if you look at NXT and you look at that brand, that ring work is better, that booking is better. It's just like because Triple H knows what he's doing, like booking wise. It's just like there shouldn't you should not be kicking out of a million finishers. You wow. should not be having so many false finishes. 
Yeah, but I mean, I think that's overall that is the new. That's a new thing. But, it, but if you want, but like I know I'm getting ahead of myself. But if we got into NXT, there's a lot of emphatic finishes. Finn right. Balor with the 1916 off the fucking top rope. Um, Rhea Ripley with the rip tied into the table. You know, if that was to be completely honest with you, Bobby, if that was an AEW, there would have been kickouts. Right, and one of the things, and like we talked about it as part of like the knock on AEW really rang true on this. It's like. When you're doing all these big spots, they can't sell them because right. they have to be get they have to get up for the next big spot. Right. Instead of selling like when you get your ass slammed through a table, it's broken. You need to ride in pain for a little yeah. bit before you're back up getting like you know into the action. Exactly. And they've done that for a while, especially with their like big battle royales. Yep. And their like eight man tags, sixteen man tags. It's just it's too much, dude. It's like, so. Anyways, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. No. Let's go back to the spot. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like. All out, I also, I thought it was bad booking overall. I thought that, you know, if you read our predictions, which had they just stuck to our predictions, it probably would have been a great right. show. It, it was just, it was, it was an, it was an awful show, to be honest you with you. You know, and it was awful. like you, you basically neutered your top heel because he lost. And because you, you have this guy, Lance Archer, who was a monster until he lost his first, right, you know, right, big match. Right. Uh, well, so now Archer goes over in the Battle Royale, MJF loses, so there's no real road well, they, for MJF to get back to the well, title. Well, they gave it away, too, because it's like, so the Battle Royale was in the middle of the show, and so with Lance Archer winning, you know there's no way in hell that MJF's going to win. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I understand that you have to do that, but like, I don't know, like they don't, you can see where these guys don't know what they're doing. That's just what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm being armchair quarterback Jones. And you know what I mean? But it's just like the right. I'm not burying the company, but I'm just saying it's like for being a year deep, they're not doing the right thing. Yeah, they're just caught up in some different things. It's just it's a it's it's a one big indie show. Yeah, and they're evolving. They're evolving. And I liked I overall liked the storyline wise storyline wise. It's going well. They did a lot of pushing the storylines in right directions. The elite breakup. Very good with um sure with, with um with Omega and um Hangman and I like them taking the chance on like I I don't hate the Britt Baker Big no, Swole cinematic I don't match that. I don't hate that. I just hate leading I, off I, with that. I, I, that you don't start the show with exactly that. you should have started with the Lucha Bros and someone else right but, I mean it's just like and then the the story with the Lucha Bros and Eddie Kingston and that stable they're doing some things right but I'm just talking about like when you're putting together matches in a pay per view they're not doing it correctly and like I said like. You have to, a lot of these guys, we don't really, a lot of people don't care about. Right. Like, nobody cares about QT Marshall. Nobody cares about, no. you know, nobody care. Nobody really cares about Dustin Rhodes. No. As good as he is in the ring, no one cares. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, stop with well, that. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, also, you have a, a strong segment of the population who I, you know, I thought that the FTR getting the, getting the, Tags was great. It was the right move. But there's a bunch of people like, oh, they're just WWE. No, that was the right move. That was the right move. But I'm saying there's a segment of wrestling fans who are. I know. They're never like they don't like. Well, they're gonna Matt Cardoza because he will. Well, he stuck to WWE and oh, you know all that. And so, well, there's always those marks that aren't gonna mm -hmm. like anything. You know what I mean? We all know that. Um, Matt Cardona, like I didn't really like him as Zack Ryder. I give him props for his work ethic, but as far as me watching him as a fan, I don't really care. And that's and that's the that's the bad part. There's a lot of people unless that I don't really care about in AEW. Like and like the people that I do care about, they're not really promoting. 
Like I said, right. it's just like, yes, QT Marshall, you and Cody run a school together. That's rad. But I don't need to be seeing you on TV. This is business. Right, exactly. And that was the thing. It's like, all that was very disappointing, but they got to come back on Wednesday. It was a strong comeback. And it, it was, was a strong, strong which is, there have been disappointing WrestleManias. And if you have a disappointing pay-per-view, it is incumbent upon your writers and your talent Come back with a strong right. effort for TV. Right. And, and they did do this on Dynamite. Pops to AW. The only bad thing I had was like the Miro debut. Like the Miro, the ex uh the, the wrestler formerly known as Rusev. Um it's just like what is his name? What is that guy's name? Penelope Ford's guy. Oh, Kip Sabian. Uh, Kip Sabian. He's a jobber. And so you're in, you're in debuting Miro. As his best as man, best man. he was already game. in a wedding angle. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and maybe that's maybe that's them. And I did like life. how Rusev was saying that he's the best gamer. I thought it was funny. People shot on it. Yeah. But like, you know, Rusev is very entertaining and he's very is very good in the ring. He is. And um, so I hope the debut is the worst of it, and you know he's going to be doing great things. I'm glad he's there. Yeah, to me too. And 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 they've they've got a bunch of these guys now that aren't high flyers yeah you know we talked to like for a while it just seemed like cody rhodes was the only guy who wasn't like exactly. flipping around the ring they're stacking their roster up good because you have your bruisers you've got man that main event though for dynamite with Brody lee and dustin rhodes was a great fucking match yeah it was a great hard-hitting hot match and that's good like i said you have you to need have, that you need a variety it cannot all be like flippy flippy dudes. No, because what happens is when you see all that, you lose. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I expect that. Brody now. Lee's finishing move, that's that that, that um, turnaround clothesline, is great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's solid. It makes sense. And like I said, it's like, yes, I do like the athletic spots. I like that shit. But like, this is a simulated fight. Mm-hmm. And it has to make sense. And I was telling my girlfriend, like, we were watching the difference of what we were watching between AEW and NXT. I was like, when you're watching NXT, like, say, like, like I said, Rhea Ripley's riptide into the table off the top row. Boom, that should end the match. I was like, and you know damn well if that, I know I repeated myself, that if that was in AEW, that'd be a kickout. Right. You know what I mean? They kick out of a super Canadian destroyer. And that doesn't make any sense because it's like, what are you going to do next? And it's just, and it's like, it's devaluing right. the move and it's devaluing the spot. Yeah. So, unless you're shifting the paradigm. Oh, and that, and I liked how they booked the ending of that match though. Right. He was distracted. For his own thing, and uh, Moxie hit the paradigm. Boom, perfect. And that, and that rectified the whole thing of him going over. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I like that too. But, I, you know, the I, mean, I like the Dynamite. Um, Dynamite was great. It was you know, I, I like Orange Cassidy. I don't watched, like him as much as you do. I don't. I watched a bun- I've watched a bunch of his indie. I think he's good in the ring. He's I think good he's in like, the ring, but he's, like. I mean. To me, he's not a main event guy. He's, he's the main. other side of the coin to Darby Allen. Yes, yes. You know, they're very similar. They kind of have these quirky, unique personalities. Yeah. They're characters, which is good. Yeah. Because we no. don't have enough of that in wrestling anymore. I'm not saying that Darby, or not Darby Allen, I'm not saying that um, Orange Cassidy should be like, um, I'm not saying he's the shit. He's very good. He's a good mid card guy. Right, you know? right. And he's a top of the mid card yes. guy. Yes. Okay. Like, I could see him challenging Brody Lee and yeah. having a good program. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not but he like He's not winning any main belts. And the reason I like the push is because this is this and I think the Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara is the instance where AEW is getting it right using established amazing veterans yeah. to elevate 
these talents that people and, don't know. And did you hear how Chris Jericho put him over? Like, oh he yeah, goes, he goes, "Oh, Orange Cassidy is great." Like he said that in character. Mm-hmm. So Chris Jericho, like guys like Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy, they're not going to do this stuff that they don't believe in the talent. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my trust in them. Right. But like, so I'll, I'll, t- I'll give them that, and I'm not going to shit on what these guys who've been in the business for 20 years to 30 years, you know, no. Right. And this is the instance where they're actually following through on what Cody Rhodes said yeah. about building talent. Yes, absolutely. The rest of the, the roster is kind of a shit show. No. I mean, so. I'm glad I like the edge on the Young Bucks. Like, they're moving, like, storyline-wise, they're moving mm-hmm. in great. Yeah. Um, everything else, there is room for improvement, but that's fine. I'm still yeah. tuning in. And I don't, I'm not really into the Mox versus Archer. It I mean, seems just, just like the Mox versus Cage. Just because just, Archer got the got his balls cut off from him. We got so his balls like how, cut off from him. But how, also, it's the same. It's like, how are you going to take Archer seriously when he lost to Cody Rhodes in his debut, and then he won this battle royal, and then we know he's not going to be Mox unless they can throw us a, sur- a swerve. Yeah, but what, like, because Jake is like, uh, I don't know. Overall, though, uh, all out disappointing. I would, if you haven't watched it, don't pay for it. Just check the highlights out, yeah. or you don't even need to because we just broke it down for yeah. you. Don't Dynamite was very good, a great comeback, which I respect them for that. But it wasn't as good as NXT. NXT on, and been, NXT has been banging since it's back on Tuesday. NXT has been on a roll since they went on Tuesday. That's what I was going to tell say as well. I mean, like I said, it was just like it is. The ring work is is just bar none. Just I. I don't know if you can agree with me, Bobby, but I just I watched NXT for the past like three weeks, and no one can you can't really top that stuff. Triple H knows what he's doing, and, wow. these, and when you have the Prince there, you have it's just look at all these programs they have. Well, yeah, and and we talked about the disappointing start to All Out, right? Well, on Tuesday, NXT they was opened up, NXT opened up with with the championship match with two of the top talents in mainstream wrestling. Absolutely. With Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Balor, and it was it was very hard hitting. It, it was a, intense. It was a good. It match. was good, and then it was cool. I really dug it. That's the type of wrestling that I grew up watching. And there were some good high spots, yeah. like you know Finn Balor. He's not like necessarily a like a high. They're flyer. not all flippy guys. They're not. Flippy but they're going to go to the top around. rope. They they're will, yeah. like they're going to do that. The but stuff. it makes sense. It made sense. Um. And so I just want to see what's next for Finn Balor. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. like I like the callback to the Bullet Club that they did. That's right. always cool. Continuity is always a, I'm always a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And so um, Balor being on top is the right thing. Um, yeah, and I wonder what's next for uh, Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. Right. You know, because our, like I said, we've always said this. If you go back to the archives, that if they go to the main roster, they're shit. They're fucked. Well, I don't think Adam Cole's going to the main roster. I think the worry is that they're going to take. The tag. Oh, they're gonna take that was the, but I don't think so anymore because they really, they really cooled them off momentum wise. And I think, I think Fish, if Fish goes up to the main roster, he'll be like a, he'll be a producer. He'll be like a trainer. Yeah, I mean, and um, O'Reilly is stud. I, I, there's a lot of potential with them, but we all know how the main roster books, and so we're not gonna hold our breaths. Yeah. And I think we talk about a lot. This is the perfect instance where we get to see the undisputed era battle back. Yeah. They're in the. So they've lost all of their titles. They ran the show for a, over a over year, year yeah. and now it's like, okay, oh, we've got the Prince up top. We've got all these different things going on, yeah. and now Undisputed Era, they can really build a lot of good storylines around them coming back. It's you know? interesting. Yeah, who does it? Like that's interesting. I liked the um, 
Brazango versus Undisputed? Like uh, Brazango cool. with um, Imperium, yeah. I like Brazango at the top. Um, EO with Shotzi Blackheart, I love that segment. And I like how, also too, like, you know, like you have um, Robert, whatever that guy's name is, like, what's his name, Robert his Stone, the, Robert yeah, Stone, Rob- and his little clique. I, and, you know, maybe we'll see Shotzi Blackheart as next contender, and it'll be cool. It's a, they're fighting next week. Mm-hmm. And then, so we have, uh, we had the main event of the night. It was... Um, Rhea Ripley versus um, Martinez. Mar- Mar- what's her name? Gonzalez. Mar- Martinez. Miranda. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. It's okay. A lot of um, sodas. Um, anyways, it was a great match. Um, har- um, Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez. Martinez. It was a hard hitting match. And um, like uh, Bobby said, it's the road to redemption for Rhea Ripley. So it's going to be entertaining. Right. Riptide to the table off the second rope, Brilliant. which is how it ended. Brilliant. And this also puts Rhea Ripley beyond, I think, you know, putting it into this, this program and yeah. being able to move on. Yeah. You know, obviously, a week or two ago, she was calling out uh, Io Shirai, and she won, you know, that's when they were on the tag match. Right. Right. So. And then I'm um, also excited for the um, Kushida Velveteen Dream uh, program. That's very cool. Because um, Dream was obviously turned heel. Because he beat the brakes off Kushida, Kushida came back and got some got some heat back, and I thought it was very I thought it was very cool. So I'm excited for that. NXT is doing really good things right now. Yeah. But, but the thing I have to say about both promotions, and they seem to be content having the viewers that they have, and it doesn't look like they're trying to do anything to attract uh, more eyeballs to the product. Right. You know what I mean? And that's and that's what that's the lifeblood of their. Thing. It's like you want to get new viewers to watch it. Well, especially like Ring of Honor can be content with the viewers they have. Yes. yes. Because they're not trying to appease Fox or Turner right. or USA. They're not they're not doing every 90 day earnings calls yeah. like yeah, Vince yeah. is. So you gotta show growth and you gotta show and so it's going to be interesting moving forward. Um there is stagnation in NXT. Like the ratings, I watched the ratings, and same thing with AEW. They're basically it's the same, like you said, the same people watching it. You have your fans, right? So what are you gonna do, especially as things start opening well, up? Again, that's what I tell. That's what I said to you, and that's what I've said to everybody else. It's like you have a guy, you have guys like Kenny Omega that that are huge in Japan, huge in Mexico, but it's like the Kenny Omega that you're portraying in AEW. It's like how, why the hell would people get behind him that have never seen him before? Bobby and I get behind him because we know who he is. But it's just like if you're just there, if you're I'm this dude Kenny Omega and I make weird faces and I'm just talking. I was like, you can't really get if you if you're trying to attract new viewers, no one's gonna be on board with that. Nobody knows who the young bucks are. Right. You know what I mean? There's no reason to be. They're like, man, like um, Pentagon Junior and Phoenix could be superstars. You know what I mean? But they're not. You, there's no reason to get behind them because they're jobbing all the time. Right. So it's just like start. Start putting the rocket on some of these guys. You know what I mean? Stop showing QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. Stop showing like your fucking buddies. This is business. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes, you're cutting these guys' checks, but it's just like Bobby. Like if if, if I was running, if I was working for Bobby's business, and I was like kind of a mid tier guy, I wouldn't be expecting to be on the forefront. I'm there to get a check. You know what I mean? And the thing is, it's like you have to do what's good for business. I mean, I don't think AEW is doing that right now. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think what would be best for business is to give Bobby B the book, or or Xander. Well, I th- I think I'd be the better booker. I don't know about that. 
But I think the one other uh, thing we've got to talk about a little bit is the main roster still continues. um, And really, the only real main things to talk about are uh, it looks like The Fiend and The Big Dog are going to continue their feud. We had an introduction of a new character in the Firefly Funhouse, Mm -hmm. uh, the Wobbling Walrus. We all know who that is. Seems to be uh, a certain mouthpiece that we've all become familiar with. Um, And they're building a lot of intricacies into this. Uh, But overall, the main roster, just they're kind of still doing the the same same old, same old stuff. I like, I like, I kind of, I can see the potential where things are going. I, they can, I, I like the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. Uh, oh yeah, trip, the the Claymore three. Oh man, dude. like and like I said, that's that's it's cool. Like because they're booking him as a better babyface. Because I'm tired of like, you know, we all are all tired of the ah shucks babyface that's stupid and gets beat up. And he just, just he dismantled Randy Orton. Right. You know what I mean? And it was real. And Randy Orton stole all that. Just it's I I'm interested in that program. So that's saying a lot. Um. With the as far as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, like I'm willing to see where that goes. Right, I like Raw Underground so far. Yeah, definitely you know, glad, they're, glad they're, to see Kevin Owens. That was actually cool. Yep. My my beef with Raw Underground is it seems to be if it's the thing that gets cut Monday afternoon. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, it's like oh cool, we're gonna have this awesome segment. It's like oh well, we're gonna do this, and so they should be putting more time into that Raw Underground because like, yeah, I was just, it's you know, interesting. It's cool, like. Because it's a shoot. It's a work shoot. You know what I mean? It's and like, you, you don't have crowds. Yeah. You're doing everything out of this joint in Florida. Yeah. So it looks gritty. It looks cool. It's like, yeah. it's just something different, you know? And I, I'm all right with it so far. So. I am too. I am too. And in the end, it's like, it's still it's still wrestling. Know, you know? So yeah. it's cool. It's like, and it's, like and so they it's have, not trying they, to be MMA. They have things going, you know, they have... Good things going in motion, you know what I mean. So yeah, I mean props like like you said, like to all you people that listen out there that think like we're just anti WWE guys. Um, as far as we know right now, like we're we've been we've been blowing up like WWE, you know. And like I said, we're gonna call it like it is. If WWE does good stuff, we're going to say it. If AEW does bad stuff, we're gonna say it, and vice versa. Right. We are pro wrestling fans first and foremost. Exactly. And that's what we want. We want to see entertaining products. And I do not care if if New Japan puts out a stinker. I'm gonna call it out. Right, but they don't really do. That. No, and <laughs> and to wrap it up, speaking up, yeah. if you haven't, it looks like we're going to get a G1 climax Herney. They've released yeah. it. Yeah, and we got the A the, the A block out. Yes, so, and um, my main man is gonna be in there. That's Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. Uh, uh, if you don't follow him, you should follow him. We got the, the A block is really awesome. I like off the top of my head we got Will Ospreay. We got um um what's his name? Uh, I thought Ishii's in there. Not Kachita. Oh, no, um, let me pull it up. Yeah, pull it up. Sorry. So just so we get it right. Play the Firefly Funhouse music. Yeah exactly. NJW um, A block. It's a good thing we can edit all this. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're, yeah. I'm in like the whole. Yeah, you're in the whole thing. The whole historical. But um, Kota Ibushi is in it too. Oh, here's the end. There it is. We have Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb, Okada, Ishii, Will Osprey, um, 
Jay White, we have uh, uh, Mitsuro, uh, Okada, Ishii, uh, Osprey, Suzuki, Shingo Takagi, yeah. Uh, Takahashi. Yeah, yeah it's so, stacked. And then, and then we have the B block. We have to go down here. We have Tanahashi. We have Juice Robinson, Hikoru Goto, Yano, Naito, uh, Yoshihashi, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and he, oh man. It's like. There's not a bad match. That is a pro wrestling boner right there. If yeah. I, just excuse my French. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I'm really excited, like I said, about the A block because I like Osprey, but the, the B block is the B stacked. Block is Stacked. Like both are stacked. I know. Right? And also, like, I, I like Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb's dope. You know, I know. And and he's smart because I was like, everyone's pissed that AEW didn't sign him. I was like, he probably didn't want to sign. No, he did exactly what he should do. Yep. He kept his options open. Absolutely. So this is, I, and like, this is all you, as you've known us, like, through the years, like, this is one of our favorite times is the mm-hmm. G1 Climax because these are where guys are made. And if you guys are into something that's not WWE or AEW, Please watch New Japan Pro Wrestling because the ring work is top notch. And the fans, they are an integral part of the show yeah. and they treat it their role with a huge amount of respect, right. uh, which just makes it a little bit different than Smarky, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Smarks around here. But um, on that note, we're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back with the coolest shit this side of the Mississippi. You heard? No. with your favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We call it cool motherfucking shit. We're not fucking around no. this week. Well, we never fuck around with cool shit, do So it. what do we start with on cool shit? Special delivery. It's the, the mailbag, before, baby. Before we um, get into this, I have some house cleaning because I'm getting these text messages. I have a homegirl that makes masks, so any of you want masks that need to be made, because if you want to go out and make masks, hit up at Val Robles on Instagram, and she will make you a mask for a nominal fee. So check her out and do that. Or I think she's a big AJ Styles fan. She might call it a phenomenal fee. Boom. Like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I can't wait till he gets out of WWE and starts doing cool shit again. Speaking of cool shit. Anyways, mailbag. This one is from our guy, Clay Ford. Thoughts on All Out and the Matt Hardy situation AEW year one. I mean, we talked about it briefly. I think the overall, um, you can't let athletes make decisions for themselves, yeah. especially in the in the moment of competition, yeah. because they don't know anything different. Especially, we have seen the matches that this man has put on yes. with his brother. I mean, 
the some of the greatest tag team matches ever. ever. So the guy has had some concussions. The guy has gone through injuries. He probably feels like he knows his body, and he probably does. But he's a professional athlete. He's getting paid a paycheck, and that doctor needs to. And if the doctor did clear him, then the doctor did the clear do- him. And I don't know, but it's bad optics. It's, it's bad. bad optics. Yeah, it's bad, dude. Um, yes, of course. Like, and we said it in the first half of the program. Yes, Matt Hardy is going to obviously say he can continue. But when Helen Keller can see that he is just fl- uh, flapping around and then he can't do anything, you need to throw, you need to fucking make the executive decision. And right. This is for this guy's well being. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't. And, and you can see it took the sales out of the whole pay per view. And like, the show does not go on. You know what I mean? Like, we saw what happened when the show went on last time. And in case, uh, in case you didn't get it, Owen Hart died. So let's let's have more semblance for this guy, these guys' health. Right, right. And again, like, and it's not just AEW. It's certainly, especially for UFC, boxing, yes. hockey, football. You cannot let these. There's why the trainer can throw the towel in. Because these these guys, they Matt Hardy didn't get here because every time he bumped his head, he called his matches yeah. off, you know. Yeah. And but at this point in his career, you as a promotion, you your staff needs to be able to step in. As a professional entity, your staff needs to be able to step in and and do what's best for your athletes. Yep. Um, overall, I think Matt Hardy is the single best free agent signing they've they've made. Um, and like we talked about in the first half, the things that him and Jericho are doing to build up talent right. in this promotion, right. uh, just phenomenal. I, I love Sammy Guevara. Me too. Even though he has a very punchable face. No, but, but he's, a, he's a great he's a great wrestler. He's got that it factor. He's and just, and what Matt Hardy has been able to do with him has yeah, been great. Yeah. And then we talked about it. Um, Orange Cass Orange Cassidy was a guy who didn't say anything and it was a joke, and now. People are getting to see a program with Chris Jericho, right? And people are getting to see that the guy's talented in the ring, yeah. You know, so Matt Hardy, thumbs up, (laughs) AEW year one, solid eight, solid eight. We're gonna get more into it next month when it's really the first year, but at this point, you know, I think they're having I'll give it a seven. They're having financial success, they're hitting their numbers, they uh, they were able to success successfully weather the NXT move to Wednesday, which could have been. It could have buried them if it, you know, no, no, I know. was all that. But in the end, like I said, you it's know, a seven. It's yeah. a C. It's average. I would, I give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. That's an average thumbs up. It's average. It's, un- it's unenthusiastic. Okay, there we go. Boom. Okay, Next question. Who we got? It's we. It's from Mitchell McMahon, and I like this one. He goes, "What do you got? What do you guys think about the divisions in the NFL? Who do you guys have?" So pretty, pretty much what he's saying is like, "Who do we have in each division in the NFL?" Um, I don't care about a lot of divisions. Um, I'm just going to go real quick. Uh, the Bucks look great on paper, but I'm not buying the hype until I see a, the snap of the football. Um, as most of you guys know, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and so I'm going to fucking pick them from the top of the division. Um, who else is there? That's a dark horse. I mean... I mean, who's going to... Okay, Chiefs, the NFC Chefs, West. The Chefs are going back. Niners, NFC and, West. Yeah. I don't think the Rams are going to get their shit together. No. Uh, you know... So we'll see. I mean, the Chiefs are probably going to go back to the Super Bowl, and they're probably going to win it. Okay. So the you know the NFC North is the proverbial like average Joes fighting each other, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Like you've got some good talent, 
So you know, you know, Green Bay, but in Chicago. Oh, but Chicago's dog shit though. Like, and then it's like Minnesota, and then who's the who's the fourth team in their division? I don't know. I don't even know. That's how Saints. bad it is. No, Saints are in the NFC South. 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 Yeah, it's so. I mean, that's how. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I know the NFC East is, and then that's about it. And then I know what the, <laughs> the, the NFC West. Yeah, you know, that, that's about it's it. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, the Saints should be good. The Saints will be good. The Saints have a stacked defense. They just signed Alvin Kamara for an ungodly amount of money. Same with Delvin Cook. Disgusting money. Yeah. Just disgusting. I, like if you, I'm not going to tell you the number because I want you to go look it up because it's it's gnarly. Um, the Browns are a dark horse because they have a great running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. They have that one-two punch. Their quarterback has seemed to have the it factor at moments. But they're making it more of a running team, which is good. And then so when that running game opens up, they have Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Jarvis Landry to open that passing game. Yeah. So the Browns are a very... And I think they got a solid D. They're a dark horse. Yeah, they're, they're, they are... I can see the Browns doing some, doing some damage. Yeah, I mean... A shout out to Kerry Carr. Yeah, and I do. I don't. I don't like that division overall. I don't just either. On principle, it's, it's trash. I mean, with the Bungles, you've got the the stolen uh, Ravens. Speaking team. of speaking of the Bungles, I have. Oh my god! And speaking of that division, I have my first pick in my uh, fantasy football draft was Joe Mixon, and then I also have Marvin Ingram, Mark Ingram, and then I have J.K. Dobbins. You know, Mark Ingram from Alabama. No, Mark Ingram, and but he's playing on the Ravens. Right, but he, that's the same yeah. dude, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then I have J.K. Dobbins, though, who's the guy they drafted, who's supposed to be getting the majority of the snaps. So I have both of those handcuffs. So I guess I got that going for me. How f- confident do you feel in your fantasy team? Not not much. All right, then. No. So at least you got that You got that going for you. <laughs> uh, I, have the tenth, right. I have the 10th pick out of the 14-team league. What do you expect me to do? I don't know. Be mediocre. Yeah, and let's right? talk. And then, and then on the next thing, let's talk to Roddy Steamboat. Bobby, what's he saying? Uh, guy's favorite suplex. Who throws it the best? I think uh, my two, my two modern modern wrestling athletes. Um, I love the Kenny Omega Snapdragon suplex. He throws it well. It's a cool move. It looks like it would f you up. Um, but I'm all about Suplex City. What the belly to back? Just throwing Roman Reigns around, pretty much. The, well, throwing Roman's reign. But yeah, he does. He does the belly to back. Uh, my favorite suplexes of all time. The though, belly to belly is a good one, too, though. The belly to belly is good. I like the belly to belly when it goes overhead with the throw, like how Scott Steiner used to do it. So um, my favorite one was like, I like Barry Windham's superplex. And um, in case you don't know, a superplex is a suplex, is a vertical suplex from the top rope. Mm-hmm. But the way Barry Windham did it is like he'd throw it and then he'd float over into the pin. And mind you, that Barry Windham is about 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, and like he has the agility of a cat. I like that. And then my favorite suplex is not so much who throws it. I like the tiger suplex, which is a, um, you get someone into a full Nelson. If you don't know that, the YouTube machine is your friend. You get them into this full Nelson and then you just put them on the back of their head. So those are my favorite suplexes. But um, thank you for those because we always like what our favorite moves are. Yeah, and it seems though it's like the suplex kind of is a reflection of how wrestling has changed over the yeah. years. Where like the standard suplex, they would vertical straight yeah. up, maybe walk around three steps. Yeah, like, British Bulldog used to do that the best, the, the delayed vertical suplex. Right, which yeah. would like, as a kid I remember being like, 
like the anticipation. Right. And now you can like both like what I said, Brock Lesnar and Kenny Omega, it is a violently fast move. Yes. It is almost like thrown more yeah. than performed. Um, so definitely great. Thanks, Roddy the Steamboat. Um, Piper Dragon, maybe? Roddy the Piper Roddy, Steamboat Dragon? Rodney the Piper Steamboat Dragon. Okay, cool. But well, this, this one is from um, Snake Thompson. And he asks, who are your guys' favorite legit heels? And legit meaning like heels that don't get cheered all time and present what do you think is missing from today's healer? A lot of questions in this. Um, I know. A lot of questions, Mr. Thompson. You cannot, you get one question, right, Bobby? <laughs> you get one. Well, luckily for you, you slipped under Snake Thompson like a snake yeah. with one question mark. Yeah. You used a bunch of commas. Ah. So we're going to we're gonna address this. We're going to trust this for But the for future references. We want one question. So if you have multiple questions, you put multiple entries. And we'll see if yeah. you make the cut. And then, and then, and if you really want to get in, we would like a compliment, compliment, then a question. Yeah, 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 you definitely. Know, you know, so like I like it. Like, really enjoyed all your guys' shows. Or yeah, stuff like that. You taught me so much about wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyways, anyways, so so favorite legit heels all time and present. <sighs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start, and I'm just gonna go with present because. All-time legit heels, like, I mean, one of my all-time legit favorite heels, and you can go in the archives and listen to it, is like Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? I'm ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, um, Macho Man. The Dentist. What? The, we talked about him, you know, just like legit heels. People Kane? Like, no, no, like the old, old school. Kane was the old school dentist. He was a Dr. Isaac Yankum. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm thinking of somebody else. I threw the wrench, anyway, in, so my wrench far, in the system. As far as present heels, like I like MJF. Um, MJF is dope. Um, Jericho, Chris Jericho, but like he, gets, but he's not so he's so not, like he's not a he's not a legit heel. So that this is what brings it up, right? What is missing from heel work today is the fans will cheer heels, yes, which they didn't use. Well, to. the fans will cheer heels because the fans the fan base has become so. I don't like to use this word, but they, they're they pretty woke with the product. So they're not cheering them because they're heels. They're cheering them because they appreciate their work. And so that's where the heels... And then on, on top of that, what's missing as well is the heel, the, these guys at the heels, like they want to sell merchandise. So you have like Bullet Club guys and you have like, you know, the NWO. Those are the cool heels that people wanted to fucking follow. And, you know, they're not really... They're slapping hands. I remember like seeing the uh, Young Bucks when they were in the Bullet Club. And they're slapping hands with people, and they're but they were they were doing healer stuff. To me, that doesn't that doesn't work. Like or like when you're on the Twitter machine, you meet someone. Like when MJF meets someone, remember when he met that he met that um, special needs kid or something, and he made fun of him. Right, and then Dad got all mad about it. <laughs> Dude, and I told you this, and this is in the archive as well. Like I, my dad took me to a show. Uh, when I was a child and I met Jake the Snake Roberts and I asked for Jake the Snake Roberts uh, autograph and he told me to fuck off and I went to my and that was verbatim and I went to my dad and he, my dad's like well he's a bad guy why are you asking for his autograph and I was like perfect and that's what it is and it's like this is like this is what you are you know and that's what's missing nobody wants to get heat anymore 
And I think right. that's what's missing from the heel work. And I'm sorry, when I saw the dentist, I was referring to David Schultz, Dr. D. Oh, Dr. D. David Schultz, yeah. And we yeah, talked about him. Because that we... wasn't even a heel move. That was just a legit move. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, calling... he legit heel. Yeah, but if you're calling out fucking pro wrestling, that's what you deserve to get. Exactly. But anyways, um, I just I think what's missing big time without running around in circles is it's like um, a lot of heels these days are afraid to get heat. Yeah, they want to get paid. They want Instagram they want, they followers. Want money. They want money. They, they want, want to get, get StarCast. Yeah. So that's what I'm missing. Bobby, if you, there's anything to add to it, please do it. No, I think, you know, and a, a lot of uh, heels are also in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. You know, some heels uh, connect better with certain people and... You know, well, look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he was a heel, and he still retained his heel characteristics, but the crowd related to him, right? You know I mean? And when, or, or you can go as Seth Rollins, who was a babyface, but the crowd just, just we do we relate to Seth Rollins? Who? Exactly. Yeah, but I would say like, you know, um, look at Mike the Miz. Yeah, I mean, he performed one of the greatest heel cash-ins. Ever. 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 Um, and, you know, what also I think ch has changed it, to wrap this up with a bow is promotions are floating people between heel and face more often. Right. And they're creating yeah, yeah. a lot more tweeners. Yes. And so when you have tweeners, you're diminishing both the heels and the face. I agree with you because it's like, while tweeners are something that you need to have, but the thing is, I that's just where I'm going to go a little old school. It's just like you still need to have cut and dry baby faces and heels you have to because you, it's like when you have like tweeners or when you have heel versus heel or face versus face the crowd doesn't know what to do you're we're not all geniuses like bobby and i you know that can differentiate exactly so, so um just in case you guys didn't know if you have any questions for the mailbag you can get after me at xander hobbs on instagram and you can get at bobby where are you at wrestleocalypse on the ig I'm also on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter nearly as much. So hit us up on Instagram. The IG, yes, indeed. What do we have next? We've got the match of the week. Bye. What do we and have? This is a good one, and not and it it was just a mere four years ago. Yeah, it's it's pretty recent. I know, and it's weird because uh, none of the people in this match look anything like and i don't mean personally look i'm just saying in the in, like their characters have ch d changed so much Dr dramatically but really it was the roman reigns versus seth rollins wwe world heavyweight title match at money in the bank 2016. so here go, go ahead I, I didn't mean to interrupt no you. and i'm going to say like this really was kind of this pinnacle moment in the de-evolution devolution of a really strong faction faction that they had and yes. it kind of like really sets things up for what happened for each of these these uh wrestlers moving forward right and it was cool because so this is when seth rollins came back from his knee injury and he was like right and he just he was kind of like in the middle of between being like the baby face and then still the heel and then roman reigns was their um guy that they wanted to like push to the forefront and then we had lurking in the corner, as you all know what Money in the Bank is, is that, you know, you win a title match that you can cash in at any time you want. And Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley, went on record saying during this program that when he wins the Money in the Bank, he's going to cash it in that night. So it was like, and this is where I will tell people, like, even though that was a, 
you could see that coming. Mm-hmm. It's it's how you get there. You right. know what I mean? Sometimes sometimes you when you we all know what's happening, right? So it's like when we watch like a movie, when we watch like um, say we watch like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, we know what's gonna happen, but it's about how you get there. Sure. And then so the match was great between Reigns and Rollins. You know what I mean? It was a great match, X Shield guys. And then as Rollins wins, you had that redemption. And I'm just gonna go ahead. Spoiler alert: Dean Ambrose comes in, cashes in, and with like with the, the perfect bi- way, per- yeah. smashing yeah. his face. Yeah, and it was cool. His his music face. his music hit. Seth Rollins is looking in the aisle, and then Michael Cole to his credit goes, "Oh my God, here he's right behind." He hits him with the briefcase, hits him with the paradigm shift with double arm, and wins about the pop. We haven't heard a pop like that in a minute. Yeah. Right. And it was just, it was really cool to see all three Shield members hold the title in one match. You know yes. what I mean? And it was very, very cool. Bobby, I know I, I'm marking out right now, but I just saved me here. No, I liked it. I liked it. And the other thing is, um, you know, it was the culmination of an, an overall, an excellent program. Program. Yeah. And um, definitely, like I said, what happened moving forward from this moment. You know, WWE really dropped the ball because they didn't really know what they had with with Ambrose or Rollins. Um, they knew what they had with Rollins, but but they weren't they didn't book him correctly. And no, they, they, they knew what they had as far as like a good in ring performer. Yeah. I mean, he ended up going on and he legitimately beat Brock Lesnar, which we both cheered for. When he stomped the shit out of Brock Lesnar, that was a nice moment. And then, so can I ask you this something? Right yeah, here? because I'm looking at the docket, and so we have. Bobby Big Dog versus oh. Xander Rollins. Why am I Seth Rollins? Why why am I not Xander Ambrose? Because because that that the match you called out wasn't the uh, yeah okay fair Dean enough. Ambrose but, but then Seth why am Rollins. I Xander Rollins though? Well, because I'm Bobby Big Dog. All right, fair enough. Believe that. <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, you're the one who's been calling me out as a Big Dog Mark for the last three weeks. Touche. Well, yeah. So, okay. Fair enough. You know. All right. And you know my Superman punch is on point. <laughs> so. All right. And did you like how I did the, like, no, yeah. I, but that confused me as I was. I like, know, because I looked at it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, money in the bank. Jesus, yeah. why did I use I was going over the dock last night. I was like, I was like, oh, my what God. What the fuck is this? But anyways, so that's our match of the week. Yeah. Dude, it's on the it's on the um, YouTube machine. It's, it's also on, it's on the on, network. It's obviously. on the network. So $9.99 a month. And I'm just going to run through it real fast. So. It's worth it's worth watching because uh, AJ Styles John Cena match dope. Um, the Dean Ambrose ladder match was great with Alberto Del Rio, probably going to jail. Sorry yeah. about your luck, bro. Yeah. Cesaro uh-huh. before I mean, well he, he was he's been pretty much buried from day one. Yeah. But um, Chris Jericho, yeah, Chris Kevin Jericho, Owens, yeah. Sami Zayn, yeah. the Canadian triumvirate. That, Why aren't that, they a stable? Yeah, that right there is a reason to watch the whole paper. Yeah. Rusev yeah. is also in it. I think he gets uh, Titus O'Neil in the. Um, in the uh, what was his What was his movie he was doing? What is, it was It was a Camel Clutch, but I forgot what I it was know. called. Remember when he did three guys in it? Yeah, he's like, "Did you go, Rusev? Crash!" Yes, yeah. The accolade. The accolade. The accolade. That's what it was. There it Which is. Which is a great fucking That's name. That's a great name. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it bring back. back. Anyways, uh, moving, on. moving on. That's great. What are you watching this week, Watch of the Week? And we're not talking about timepieces, though. I've got a rolly on my ankle. So what I've been watching with my old lady, we've been watching The League. So it's just been like, I don't, I didn't do this on purpose, but, you know, since football season is back, it's a show about these guys that are in a fantasy football league. It's very politically incorrect. 
And it's if you're into that sort of thing, it's very funny. If you have thick skin, it's great. I it's on Hulu. It's on uh, Netflix. So if you do, do yourself a favor and check it, I, I'm not gonna tell you, say too much about it because it's just it's hilarious. There's way too many things to go. But um, that's what I've been watching. And then you know more Saved by the Bell. Bobby, what are we doing? Yeah, I was super stoked this week. They dropped the um, so Netflix has a excuse me a, a series called Chef's Table. It, they're usually like five, four, five, six, seven episodes, basically hour-long episodes, really getting in-depth with a, a, a chef of whatever. And they've done a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, really famous people, a lot of maybe not so famous people, but their new one they did is all about the art of the barbecue. And if you haven't heard Xander putting me over, over and over again about the quality of the barbecue that I make... I was super into it. Um, the first and third episode are American uh, chefs doing uniquely American barbecue, which were super interesting. The stories, the people, amazing. Uh, the second one is about an Australian guy, really amazing. And then the fourth one is about um, some uh, a lady in the Yucatan Peninsula doing doing her thing. So, cinema. It's it's. Basically, they take the the foundation that Anthony Bourdain laid with No Reservations and Parts Unknown, and Netflix has amped that shit up to 11, and so it's phenomenal. It's just super good. There's only four episodes in the barbecue section. You can run through them on a nice little little binge session. Right. And then what you're going to want to do is you probably want to go eat some ribs, maybe some pulled pork, nice. you know, maybe some brisket. I don't know what you, what you like guys like, stuff. but it's all good. So check both of that out, The League. Chef's Table uh, Barbecue, and then, you know. Hey, and I just want to add in, if um, any of you guys listening out there in uh, podcast land want to give us some suggestions of things to watch, please feel free. Um, I probably won't watch a lot of them because I'm very bad at watching shows that I even need to watch. But, yeah, let us know what you guys are watching. And, um, you know, we always want to hear what's going on in the universe. Not the WWE universe, but the Wrestleocalypse universe, if you know what I'm saying. Indeed, and I'm just going to give you guys a preview. Um, we've already... Uh, at the uh, at the Bobby B household with Betty Rebel and the Prodigy have switched gears into Halloween mode, so we're gonna we're gonna be having some seasonal watching recommendations coming for you soon. Because I remember Halloween. Yes, I do and then, too. Oh, so speaking of, now we are walking into the ring, and I cannot wait because. I have been crushing it in walkout music. I've been working on our playlist. I've been working on our playlist, and I've been crushing it in the music there. But I'm just going to let Bobby go. What, Bobby, what are you walking out to these days? Me, you know, I was on the fence about a lot of it. Um, but I think in the end, because I played it today, I am coming out to one of my all-time favorite songs. And I love it because how it starts with something you wouldn't expect. But it's uh, a song called Analog by Strung Out. Yes. And if I'm coming out, once you hear once you hear it, you'll understand that if you're in the if you're in the stands, if you're a fan in a wrestling show, and you're waiting to see Bobby B because you know he is the greatest wrestler to ever grace this planet, and when you hear really. that intro come, your the pop would be so big, and then I would it would just be amazing. So we're gonna let's do it. You'll get what I mean. And Xander obviously liked it. You heard, you heard his approval. So yeah. don't believe this nonsense. Let's <laughs> do it now. Let's do this.
That's a good one. It's a good one. That's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, good one. but obviously, Xander's been crushing it yeah. so much. So let's see yeah. what he's crushing. I don't really have much to explain. You know what I mean? I'm just going to tell you what the title is and let you listen to it. It's Lamb of God, Foot to the Throat, off the Sacrament album. And um, I don't have any explanation, so you can just listen to it right now and you'll hear it. can't really follow that or anything up with that so. no no it just every time i listen to lamb of god and i think maybe i don't know you you've been checking it didn't i choose redneck as one of my you did records? you did yeah and we talk about it yeah. we had the tickets we had the tickets so see the, death clock and lamb of god and at, at the universal and, amphitheater and no, i know which I is know. now hogwarts but like but like the thing is and it's and it's funny that we mentioned that because concerts are a wash right now oh, i know because we're never going to be yeah because we're never going to be able to go at any of those ever again the audience collectively groans about all the shows uh, they had tickets i know right 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 so right we feel you we got yeah, you guys. We got ours you. was canceled for a different reason because yeah. the, the bass player smashed. Some uh, it was Randy Blythe that smashed the singer. Yeah, the singer because some guy jumped up on. So yeah. what? Here's what happened. So Lamb of God was doing a show in like Croatia or some shit Europe, like that. Somewhere, Europe, somewhere in Europe, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. And so some guy hopped up on the stage and like you know grabbed onto Randy Blythe and he pushed him down as he rightfully should because this is way after that when Dimebag Daryl got smoked on stage. On stage. You know what I mean? So you don't know. Before you guys go out there, they go, oh, well, he should have like waited for security. Yeah, yeah. But pretty much security was moot. So he defended himself and he pushed the guy off the stage. The guy happened to land on the back of his head and died. Not his fault. His fault. Sorry about, um, you know, um, family out there, if you're listening, sorry about your damn luck that you're person is a dumbass and jumped on stage that's not a fucking thing to do yeah. to be completely honest with you i know i'm not a fan of people dying but here's the thing that randy blythe did not know what the potential was for that for what was going to happen he didn't know if that was just some fan to come up and hug him like i said this was shortly after dimebag daryl got smoked so he did what he had to do what he felt he needed to do to defend himself and like look at it I don't want people dying, but I'm sorry. This is what you call natural selection. Yeah. You don't jump up on stage and just do anything like that. No. And you, it's, unless, like, especially you don't engage with the talent. Right. If you want to jump on stage to jump off and crowd surf, yeah. like, that's fine. But when you start grabbing onto yeah, people. You don't do that. You know, it's, it's you have every when someone puts your hand their hands on you, you have every right to defend yourself, no matter what the intentions are. Exactly. So you know that being said, now that we're in the ring, we're inside the ring, and we have a great one today for you guys. Yes, I like I liked it. 
We're calling it In Living Color. <laughs> which, if you don't know In Living Color, shit, that might be on the watch of the week soon, <laughs> I know, too. seriously, right? Like, oh, it's so funny. But when, in wrestling, what does color refer to? Color is called um, getting, uh, get um, juicing, um, ble- bleeding. Like, it's called, you know, so when you see someone getting busted wide open right. or wearing the crimson mask, that's what's called getting color. And it's a, it's a, it's a thing to move along the severity of a storyline. You know what I mean? So as you, if you watch WD right now, there's not a lot of color. No. But like the thing is, if you utilize color correctly, it enhances the storyline to where it's supposed to go. It definitely can. Um, so when we talk about color, though, gigging, gigging, blading, juicing, right, there we go. right, and blading has a really negative connotation. It does, right? Yeah. It's one of if if you haven't seen the movie The Wrestler, you know, it's it's. So kind should of, I tell them? Should I pull the curtain back and tell them how blading is done? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. Okay. Not yet. But what I wanted to talk about more was like, um, you know, when wrestling was way more when when wrestling when kayfabe was real. Yes. The people expected people to bleed because they believed these that were it, real that fights. It was a shoot. It was they like they it was like before. Like you guys know that wrestling is it used to be like considered a shoot, and like what it was, it was a simulated fight. So right. it was made to make it look as real as possibly as could get. So Bobby, like I said, I didn't mean to step on your toes. No, but like so when when a feud goes when a feud goes really forward, and like you're at the fucking like tipping point or the breaking point of a feud. So what do you do to make the viewers be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy? Somebody bleeds. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets. Somebody gets color, and so that's is what kind of like. I mean, it kind of what moved it along. And it kind of like also also what it did is it, it solidified. It kind of was the stamp on a feud. So it's just like so like seeing like Ric Flair with the Crimson Mask or Dusty Rhodes even. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like there. It means that they're in a battle. You know what I'm saying? And it just it's a lost art these days because they, you have you have one promotion that doesn't do it at all. And then you have one promotion that does it too much. Well, you know? and, and that's what I wanted to move into, right? So, the giving, bringing color into a feud or into matches was a way to increase the intensity. Yes. Modern day wrestling, they increase the intensity by doing more and more moves, crazy spots, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what what one promotion, let's just be real, we talked about it. Like what AEW AEW has shown a lot of color. Yeah. But half of it has been what we call busted open the hard way. Yeah. Not planned. Yeah. But, but but whereas ble- whereas blading ju- all that stuff, that was planned as part of uh, the match and the mechanics of doing it. So it's so it's how it's but how, how it's, it's been how, it's, it's how it's changed. utilized because it's like I'm sorry to go because before I forget my thought it's because it's like look at you know in a card when you're when you're when you're promoting a card of a match right and like I said this is all a work this is all not real so it's just like in my opinion and this is like an old school opinion too it's like so if you have one match where someone's gonna bleed right you cannot have anyone else bleeding in the in the in the matches. You know what I mean? You cannot have that because it takes away the severity of the match that's supposed to have blood. It's like you know what I mean. So it's just like when every single match is bleeding, then you're just like okay. You, what the viewer as a viewer, you're like you're numb to it. Like you know you're kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like nullified. So I'm just saying it's just like when you look at 
one of my favorite ones is like this is and this is a pretty recent one it's like so Shawn Michaels was in a Survivor Series match so Stone Cold was one of the GMs of Bra and he was a co-GM with Eric Bischoff so he had Stone Cold Survivor team and he had Eric Bischoff Survivor team whichever team won was the sole GM of Monday Night Raw I don't remember the year but feel free to look it up but so it came down to Shawn Michaels being on his back and going up against Shawn Michaels was bleeding like a stuck pig and he ends up losing. But the thing is, like, if Shawn Michaels just like lost the match to and not bled, you know, it wouldn't have it, it wouldn't have that much like a weight, right? You know, unless he bled. You know what I mean? So like, there's there's certain times to use that blood. You know what I'm saying? And it, and that you have like crowds of fans that want blood all the time, mm-hmm. and then you have crowds of fans, and like to me to, to me to be completely honest with you, it should be used sparingly because right. it, it's gross. It's gross. Those are bodily fluids being exchanged, and it's disgusting. <laughs> but, but right, like, right. No, I agree. Um, and that's one thing that I wanted to kind of bring up too was like, you, if you like color, there are death match. No, yeah, you, you can, can watch, watch. You can watch that. You know that 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 is a thing. We talked about. You know, David Arquette. And I mean, our boy, about, John, our boy John Moxley has been in a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley, you know, oh, Terry Funk, and that's you know the thing I mean? with the tax, and they yeah, and they, they, they brought color in different ways. Um, but really, it's to me, uh, it should be planned. Yes, I don't like to see talent getting busted over no. the hard way. Hell no, because that's legit injuries. Those are legit things. Yeah. Whereas if it's planned, and that's the thing, like yes, blading. It's archaic. It is. It's archaic. But in the same time, it's like sometimes it's needed. It's better than taking the corn. It's better than Matt, like Matt Hardy a couple weeks ago, who who took the or Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears. Oh, yeah. That was a bad one. Because uh, he went hard way. Yeah. So, and like that's not what you want to see. No, because it's like those are those are like um those are impacts that are going to have rectifications for a long time. The thing is, like like I said, it's a it's a it's an art that's um that's lost a lot right now which is kind of good but at the same time too if you utilize it correctly it will enhance what the program is supposed to be yeah and the last one is the best the the absolute ultimate recent um unintentional color is is bloody nose becky lynch yeah that was a good one like her getting busted open the hard way yeah, Nia Jax, well, and then go, you go see figure. her. You see her at the top of the ramp, and that's when she was just hitting the momentum. It was great to the stratosphere, yeah. and that. So that's why color matters. And then also too, and I'm like that, Bobby. It's funny that you brought that up. My favorite um, color moment is um, WrestleMania 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. And, you know, one of the classic, uh, I'm getting goosebumps, like, talking about that one of the classic things you say, Stone Cold in the sharpshooter, and he has just blood pouring from his face, and he's reaching for the rope, and you have Jim Ross going, that awesome, he's never going to give up, and it was just one of the best things ever to see, just like, it just solidified that feud, and that's where it's used to its T, and that's what's going to put a bow on it. And on top of that, we're glad that you guys checked us out again. We're back in the studio. And on that note, yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, This Life, Bobby B. And we'll see you next time. Peace.